0: Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome to the For on the Flow presented by Burbs Entertainment. My name is Ralph Campiano, and I am joined by, well, I'm joined by Jack. And today, Jack and I are going to talk about Succession in House of Gucci. And I want to just downplay this right now. No, no, I just want to downplay it from the start, because um, I'm going to do a lot of overacting throughout the episode. So I just want to start at a low pace, so that way we can lift it. And it's just a progressive, rising Tone. I want to start low, Jack. I want to start low because um, I, I, well, I want to ask you: Do you want to talk about succession or House of Gucci first?
0: Let's talk about House of Gucci first because I want to really just ramp it up. I was doing the action. What's up, House of Gucci
1: first? Hey! we made it to a House of Gucci by Ridley Scott. What do you uh, think of
0: the movie, Jack? Father, son, House of Gucci. Um it was fun. I I'm glad that like you and Hada went before so I could get pick your brains on it, see your thoughts. And I'm glad that I saw your review on Instagram and Letterboxd because I went into it thinking it was gonna be silly, it was gonna be a fun time. Not going expecting some sprawling drama. I knew the accents were shit. Um and I I don't I've never said these words out loud, and there's High chances I never do again. But Jared Leto was my favorite part of the movie. So funny. I thought I had a lot of fun with the movie. I don't think it was... It wasn't, I don't think it's the best movie of the year. I don't know if it's going to be much of an Oscar player, honestly. But um, it was fun for what it was. I thought it was a little bit long, two and a half hours. Kind of got a little bit long towards the end. I think it could have been a little bit tighter. But mm-hmm. it was a great time. When Pacino and Leto were on screen together electric city it is
1: uh, a long movie it is a definitely movie. a long movie um i don't know like if they could have cut a lot in particular other than like the scene where like jared leto's just sitting on a couch but even then like i don't want to lose that because ridley scott's just like let leto cook and mm-hmm. i'm with you leto i don't think he's my favorite part of the movie but he was definitely the most part of the movie like he like most a it's <laughs> he's uh he's doing a lot and that's what everybody in this movie is doing except for driver i mean um if you haven't had the chance to watch my review go check it out but listen to the rest of this first but um gaga's just going for it but chino's going for it and leto's going for it and that's really what i wanted out of all of them it's not like i wanted them to underplay this and take it really seriously that would have been fucking boring instead right. they're like hey how funny can we make this fucking thing and i know that it's like a tr- Tragic incident. People can be like, I saw Tom Ford today. Was like, this was not a campy vibe when it was happening. It was a very serious and sad situation. I'm like, dude, like, honestly, it's fucking Gucci. Like, it has it's to be hey. extravagant. It has to be ridiculous because the concept of Gucci itself is fucking ridiculous. Like, what? Quit thinking you're so goddamn high and mighty and highfalutin and pretentious and all this fucking shit just because you design like pretty cool clothes. I could get something from Calvin Klein or Coles or fucking polo that would be just as nice and last me just as long. But that'd be like going and seeing, I don't know, like maybe like, I don't know if there are like the, uh, what was the Versace show on Netflix? That was a fine show, but ultimately it took itself very seriously. The assassination of Gianni Versace, yeah. the same people did the O.J. Simpson story for FX. I could have watched that, but instead I wanted to see fucking House of Gucci because it's Ridley Scott it's big. It's glamorous. And at the end of the day, it's a fucking joke. Like, this is, like, one of the funnier movies I've seen in the last, like, year. It's fun. That's what it is. It's fun. And I'm glad they had fun with it,
0: I had fun with it. I do have to say, though, the funniest part of the movie, I had a... There was, like, a couple in my theater that was pretty talkative. And as the movie was starting, they were pretty loud, and some lady in the audience just goes, shut the fuck up! That was my favorite part. Um, but... I don't know. I just, like, I like those movies where it's, like, a two and a half hour telling the story over time. They kind of will just, like, jump seven years, and the only explanation will be just, like, a flash at the bottom of the screen and be like, oh, it's this year now, by the way. And, like, the usually the biggest indicator. I don't even think they did that. I I, not, 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 I, I swear to God, they didn't do that. It's like the biggest indicator... Um, in those kinds of movies that time is passing is if like the main character has like a kid and then the kid will pop up and they'll be like four or five years older and you're like oh okay we're in the future now got it right Um, but just yeah like I don't know
1: I thought well they didn't dedicate any time to the kid the only time we got like for actual like time stamps was the the hair changing that's literally it yeah we got out of Lady Gaga's hair shorter now and Adam Driver's handsomer yeah, we got out of the movie, my mom was
0: like, oh, I wonder what happened to the daughter, that's so sad. And I was like, I don't fucking, I don't care. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Your she mom wanted more characters. kids? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't care what? if their kid got, like, money. Uh, Gaga just... Like, paid... fucking Google it. <laughs> you can Google it and find out. How about that? She's out now. Gaga's out now. Whoever, that, I'm forgetting her name, but uh, apparently you could see, people see her frequently in Milan, walking around with her pet parrot on her shoulder. Patricia. Yeah, Patrizia, and just like, dude, the accents are so funny. Like when Leto's just like talking and going on some like weird euphemism about how his dad not loving him was like farting himself. Oh, I'm got the good to name, but then I give him these designs, but it's like I give it to him and he goes a bigger fart, a bigger stinky fart. And just like unhinged. Like, and then you Google the real guy, doesn't really look like that. They just like. Jared Leto just it looks like Cedar, but he was not that unkempt. Like his hair wasn't like that crazy. And he's like, oh, I'm making big a boob." Like it's just like he like, definitely mm-hmm. was in
1: charge of his own makeup and hair and all that kind of stuff. He's like, yeah. let's just make this as ridiculous as possible. But I
0: think I liked it so much because I would forget that it was Jared Leto and I couldn't really tell it was Jared Leto. Um, I told my girlfriend halfway through the movie, I'm like, you know, that's Jared Leto, right? She's like, what?
1: And she fucking yeah. hates Jared Leto. She's like, I actually like him right now, though.
0: Yeah, I was in the same boat. I really liked Pacino too. I thought Pacino really stood out. Um, obviously he's always electric when he's on screen. This he's is um, up. yeah. The, everybody's
1: hamming it up. It's like yeah. a fucking honey ham. Like we were talking about the burbs chat on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like this thing is delicious. It is big. It is sweet. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a good role for Pacino. He performed up to the standards. I'm kind of glad Adam Driver wasn't like super hammy because I think if he yeah. was, it would have been just too much. It would have been like too much cream in the cake or something like that. Like at this point, it's like, you know, we do need like a steady paced role in this movie instead of everybody throwing 120 miles an hour the entire time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's funny you mentioned the accents because I think that's what's sticking out the most about this movie. Rightfully so, because they are ridiculous. But, like, if you do watch, like, an Italian movie, like, uh, like, let's say The Godfather, um, they're Italian-Americans, but the actual Italians in the movie, like Clemenza or Frankie Five Angels, whoever it might be, um, you can't really replicate that Italian accent, because it is actually an Italian accent. This movie, the accents are so bad, because they're all from American people, that it's just so easy to do the accent. Like, I think we have the Leto voice down. Like, we have the Paolo Gucci down. They make us stinky. All you have to do is yell. And then add a vowel to whatever word is the end of that sentence oh. and say it really loud. Oh, Mia Mosa, I love you. It's my outfit
0: suit.
1: <laughs> the fucking color palettes that he was coming up for his outfits were so ridiculous. Like he's wearing corduroy the entire movie. And he's like, this purple goes really great with this brown. I'm like, dude, even you I know that, that doesn't you go together.
0: to me. What is this the <laughs> envelope you hand me oh it's not going to sheet
1: all right speaking of other family dramas let's talk about succession kendall's birthday kendall's 40th. first question would, would you go to this party and if you did go to this party how many drugs would you take if you would take any and would you try to make a deal at this party loaded question there but let's see what you got
0: motherfucker this party's not really my vibe i don't know if i'd pull up to it um fucks i think i'd be mad the whole time just frustrated uh it's just weird. You want to I be mean, born in his
1: mother's snatch and come through and drink champagne out of a baby bottle and put a
0: little diaper on your hiney? I mean, if I'm thrown to a party and they're throwing diapers on my hineys, then I'm first in line. But uh, okay, I fine. didn't see it. I didn't see any talcum powder getting applied to any rosy red butt cheeks, so uh, um, I'm not sure. But I don't know. I thought that <laughs> the party would like kind of did a good job of encapsulating like kendall's current mindset how he just thinks that he's just birthing this movement and he's this icon he's just changing the flow of things he's this Mm -hmm. e2 champion and he's bringing new change into the legacy media world and then of course like everything else that him or anybody in his family does comes crashing down because of their own egos. Kendall doesn't know who he is. He's had... No, none of them three do. different characters,
1: seasons one through three. And at this point, like, he's just having an identity crisis. Like, he, when he breaks down in this episode... I'm sorry, I have to start on the snow, but I thought it was the most impactful part of the episode. When he actually breaks down and starts crying, and he says he just wants to go home, that is a man that is completely broken. And I don't know if that would have happened... With or without Logan sending that note, I think it would have happened even if he didn't send the note um, threatening him or not even threatening him, but asking him to buy the rest of the shares of the company. I think it happens if he gets that gift from his children, that gift from his children and he can't find it. Um, but him breaking down is just a sign of where the season is going. I think that it's time for him to maybe flip the screws again, but I don't know if Succession can pull that off because he's down so bad right now. I think he's down worse than he was even in season two. Because at least in season two, like, he was serving something. Right now, he has no idea what he's serving. All of his ideas are all over the place. He's fucking asking Comfrey to buy, like, 80 lunch boxes from, like, the 80s. And he's just – he has no idea what he's supposed to do, who he's supposed to be with. Naomi is completely enabling him. It's it's crazy because it's like he went from, like, three episodes ago, we were talking about it on this podcast – and I was saying, I was defending him. I was like, this is my favorite character in the show. I hope he wins. And now I could not hate anybody in the show more than I hate Kendall. What he does to Greg, if I didn't—if he hadn't lost me already, he is rock bottom for me right now. I despise Kendall after what he said to Greg. Calling him the world's biggest fucking parasite. It hurt my soul, Jack. I was sitting there. I was like, oh, Greg, my sweet Greg, he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve this. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know, nice. man. It's just like, I'm not rooting for any of these fuckers. Any like, even we talked about the last episode. I hate all these people. I really do. Maybe Tom. I guess I like Tom. Tom is rolling sack this episode, just trying to keep it together. Yeah,
0: I uh, when the episode ended, I was just like, "Damn, man, they're all fucking assholes." I don't like any of them. Um, Like, they're all just—they all kind of just showed like their true narcissistic colors in this episode especially roman roman was on like full prick mode. oh my god dude he was brutal this is just like they're really and like the music in this episode too they're just really leaning into like the uncomfortable anxiety inducing moments and it's just like it's like squirmish to like watch some of these like scenes especially that roman scene where he's just like going off He's just jerking himself off after he thinks closed the deal. But if you watch, like, the preview of next week, it's, like, he did it, obviously. Um, right. But it's just, like, dude, he was brutal. And um, just, like, every, like, scene in, the, in this these last three episodes has just been, like, fairly uncomfortable. It just, every interaction has some sort of awkwardness. And I, I read some article about how Succession broke some unofficial record of, like, silence where, like, Kendall and mm. Logan just sat in silence for, like, 40 seconds. Right. It just makes you feel weird. And just, like, you're just watching these family members just go at each other's throats with the most personal attacks imaginable for 50 minutes, an hour, full hour every week. I've got two things. I'll start with the, um, the idea of the uncomfortable.
1: They have done this in the past but they usually only do it for, like, five minutes an episode, where it's, like, really, really discomforting. This season, they're fully engaging with it. I think Jesse Armstrong must have watched like, every Safdie Brothers movie before making season three, because he's like, you know what, let's just crank it up a notch, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's like, seven different instances in this episode alone, where it's like, Jesus Christ, I can't watch this. I need to pause it. I need to get a drink of water, maybe take a bath, come back. Then, if I take a bath and come back, I'm only going to get dirtier. Right? So, The second thing is it's Roman. Like we didn't get a talk last week because um, we were busy with Thanksgiving break, all that kind of stuff. But let's just track what's happened with Roman the last few episodes. One, he's going to get a fascist, a neo-fascist nominated for the president of the United States. That's probably going to happen. It's not going to be Connor, unfortunately. It's going to be this mankin guy Uh, who I thought was great in the episode. And Roman wants to fuck this guy because he's just a little slime ball. He has no clue what his sexuality is. And now he is trying to fuck Kendall out of the company with his dad behind Shiv's back, behind everybody's back. And he's also trying to execute a deal that will essentially put him even more in Logan's favor and hopefully at the number one spot on the totem pole below Logan. So I think we should have seen this coming, Jack, because Roman was pretty quiet their first four or
0: five episodes
1: not a lot of Roman central stuff. And I think each season has been about a different character. I think season one was about Kendall season two is about Shiv season three has been about Roman. God forbid season four, is about Connor, but um, he, Roman is, he's making these moves and it's because he is the worst of all of them. inherently a morally, he is the worst of all of them because yeah. he has no moral compass or center of gravity. He doesn't have anything that he can return to. Even Shiv is like, okay, enough's enough. Like, we can't be spying on Kendall's kids. Like, that's my niece and nephew. Like, I can't be spying on Iverson. And Roman's like, who fucking cares? It's part of the game. Like, he does not – nothing yeah. matters to him other than seeking power because he never had power growing up. Because – you know what really sucked about this episode? is he shoved Kendall to the ground. And Kendall was the one – Kendall was the one who defended Roman when Logan slapped the shit out of justice or whatever it was. Like, he has – no allegiance or loyalty to anybody other than logan and sucking from his fucking teat it is just it's honestly depressing because i love roman but he is a fucking he's a monster
0: he is an evil fucking monster yeah dude, he's a real fucking cock pretty much everyone in this family is just because it's like the show is the worst their lives he's the worst he's right now back like conversations and like you, you see them as people but they have all of their decisions have such big implications on the country. Like, they pick the president. Like, it's crazy. And, like, yeah, you're right. Like, Roman's, like, championing, like, a dangerous politician to become, like, the president. And, yeah, that shit. I mean, Kendall's a dickhead. Which is, like, when he pushes him and stuff, it was just like, damn, yeah, man. Like, you're fucking. used you feel so bad for Kendall? Like, it's just, you can see there's nothing behind his eyes. He's just defeated, so drained. He's pretty drunk too. So it's and not like Roman's to like, "What? It's himself. funny. It's funny." Yeah, Hi, Roman. And he's just—I think he's probably just mad too that Jerry just doesn't want to fucking let him jerk off. <laughs> yeah.
1: and even if did Jerry did want to fuck him, like, he's not he's gonna be able to fuck her.
0: Yeah, no way, dude.
1: Like that, I, he said, "I would lay you gladly, but I would lay you badly, or I'd lay you badly, but I'd lay you gladly." Like, I don't at think he'd be able to lay her at all. Right, yeah, he definitely is. He's definitely the most self-aware of all of them. Maybe Kendall, because Kendall actually he tries to hide and mask his self-awareness. But at the end of the day, he just comes crumbling down, laying down upon a box of gifts. Did you notice he got? He was in that gift room, and there's just a motorcycle in that room. Somebody yeah. gave him a motorcycle for his birthday. I saw a screencap of that. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah, he buy I don't someone know, that man. can buy just, everything. Um, you know. Right, like uh, Naomi gets him a watch and he's like, well, I, I have a watch and a phone. I like I have a watch. Okay. <laughs> Dude, this party's
0: gonna fucking rip. The party... I would go to that party. I would definitely go to that party. Dude, we're changing the fucking party zeitgeist, bro. It's all
1: bangers all the time. Of course I'm there. I'm probably DJing that party, Jack. Yeah, facts.
0: Kendall definitely loves a whole lot of red. You think so? Yeah, he looks like I PC wish they boys. Would have, like, let him run DMC, and it's just him just going on stage like beep. He's just wearing like Rick Owens pants, leather. He out. just does pissy pamper four times in a row. That'd be ham. That'd be a That'd great be, way to dude, end an episode. How fire would that be? Just twelve
1: minutes. I think um, <laughs> next week or Sunday when I watch the episode, I'm gonna mute theme song and i'm just not pissy pamper play over the theme song instead of playing in the background on the space speaker um all right you want to talk Hi, about the feels really quick before we get out of here because the get back documentary yeah. just came out on disney plus it is very long jack i will warn you of that the first part is two and a half hours like that's just part one and i'm pretty sure there's four parts so um it's like 471 total minutes um, tell me where you stand on the Beatles and I'll kind of give you my rundown of my relationship with the Beatles. Because I yeah. think we might have similar trajectories here,
0: but I'm curious.
1: I don't think we've ever talked about them before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know you have – you've talked about the Beatles, like, pretty extensively. Um, I know, like, your – fan, my fandom didn't really extend outside of elementary school, but, like, I guess they were kind of one of the first bands that I ever liked and can remember liking and – having like CDs and like getting them from like, the library and being like oh I'm gonna get like the Beatles um, I mean they just had bangers dude and I had the Beatles rock band which obviously is just it's just a game and that was all Beatles songs To have such an extensive catalog where it's not like the other like Guitar Hero Aerosmith where there's like a bunch of other rock songs like that was just for all Beatles and we would play that all yeah. the time. They were like oh. Young Thug before Young Thug. They had like 2,000 songs yeah. in the vault Get at any point. And yeah. just like um, I mean, just the pure range of their songs. Like, I think mm-hmm. that just made it super accessible too. um like I fucking love, love what was it? The the wall, what's the walrus song? We are the walrus. I am the walrus. I am the walrus. Like, dude, I fucking loved that song when I was a kid. That's one of my three favorite songs of all time. Yeah, it am invented hip hop. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's their show was just like. It's crazy. It was all, like all over. The, like, and just think the evolution too. Like, i just being like fucking dorks. Like, I want to hold your hand. Just to be fucking hippies, just tripping sack, coming up with like health or scouter. Man, just going fucking nuts.
1: Right. Um. I, I've I should watch it. it. Before, I should watch so. it. I think
0: maybe that would like.
1: It's not uh, your prototypical documentary. I'll tell you that much. It's not like um. There was another documentary. Um, on Hulu a couple of years ago that I watched, and that was like actually like, oh, this is the Beatles like coming up in the world, like gaining popularity, going to America, all that kind of stuff. It's basically just like a simple biography. This is Peter yeah. Jackson taking unreleased footage, sixty hours of video, one hundred fifty hours of audio, and essentially just compiling together like twenty days of them essentially creating their last album, all leading up to a performance. They don't have any music when they go in, so you get to see them actually create "Let It Be." And get back and all of those kind of legendary songs, which is just get really back. cool to see because it just comes to Paul naturally. Um, and it's um it, it's a fascinating portrait of the Beatles because it is uh you know their their dying days, if you will. It's like when the out or the band rather is um start of their end is coming to a fruition, if you will. Like uh, you can sense the drama, you can sense the tension, and um it, it's beautiful. But um, I just want to say. I think the reason I'm still so fascinated by the Beatles, like even 17, 16 years later, whenever I started listening to them religiously, I, I, I was a stubborn child, Jack. I'm still a stubborn man. I'm a stubborn grandchild right. child at this yeah. point. They're still my favorite band of all time. And I don't think anybody can ever surpass that. They're probably my favorite artists of all time if we're ever being honest with ourselves. Yeah. So either of them are Kanye, I don't know. But um, they've formed the way that not, I don't just look at music. They formed the way that I look at all of pop culture. Like, the form of the way that I look at celebrities, icons, what it's like to be famous, and like, I, I was obsessed with them from the day I, mm-hmm. I listened to, it was a, it was album one, I think it's just like a variety of hits. My dad showed it to me. I painted my room with the Beatles logo. I had a, a handmade drawing of them from New York. I had all this fucking paraphernalia. Is that the one that was in your house? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that in like Third grade, like off of the street, dude, when they were in New York City, my dad ran a marathon there. Love that. I know. I need to find where that is. Yeah, it's great. um But uh yeah, dude, the Beatles yeah, are like
0: just... bangers. Like, it's great. Like, when you just, like, so extensive and, like, when they were, they really weren't that together for that long. Like, they weren't in America that long and just, like, the body of work they put out. um I guess just not having the conversation. I think they were a lot more, like, influential in like developing my music taste as a kid just because they were a band that I was more like attracted. Like I was more attracted to like classic rock and like rock when I was younger and like right. Aerosmith was the, my first favorite band. And then I got like, <laughs> really, and then I got really into green day. And, but like mm. the Beatles, was kind of running like parallel to that. Like that was like still in the mix at that time. Um, and I think just because, and like, even now, like I like, We'll kinda of listen to anything. Like I know like you hate like country, but like I could like I really like Chris Stapleton. And I'll list, I'll go from like listening to Chris Stapleton to Kanye to Amy Winehouse. Like I just kind of will it, like I'm not gonna shut out anything, even though I say I'll go Stapleton. from most country fucking blows. I'll be I'll go from Johnny Cash to Kanye to Amy Winehouse. Yeah, I won't yeah, do Chris Stapleton, but I'll do Johnny Cash. Um but I just think the Beatles having such a range and clearly being influenced by so many genres of music that I had not yet discovered, but hearing it through their music and just kind of, I think they being introduced as kids just kind of like tickles your ear for different sounds. There's such a different range. Each album is mm. different. Like those are their first songs on their first albums to their the end of their 10 years polar opposite. And they, too, they have that fucking, and it's cool that they came up at the time like, where pot and acid, the hippie culture, and how they go from these fucking British kids to coming to America and forming <laughs> this ultra mega band who, like, were a boy band that, like, became good. Like, NSYNC didn't turn into fucking, they didn't win any games. <laughs> they didn't yeah. come up with any, oh. they don't have an Abbey
1: Road. No, they don't have an Abbey Road. They don't have a white album. I don't even know if they have a greatest hits album. It's probably like three songs. No, um, no I mean, it's, I, I guess, who, who's your favorite one? Can you rank the four for me? I, you know I'm a rankings guy. I'm, I'm curious. I'm like Because what, what like, I feel like you have Ringo number one. No, no, no. no oh. The Beatles. Like the four.
0: Yeah, dude. Ringo's stash is fucking fire. Okay, um, so we're going off the looks? Yeah, just for that stash. That stash and those combos undefeated um okay gotta go john number two of
1: course of course he's john is um i think people think he's the most enigmatic like he's like the biggest mystery like so john, hard to john lennon <laughs> that was pretty good i'm done um, Yeah. I don't know. I think I think this, this. This I think the cool thing about this documentary. Sorry to derail it, but it really humanizes them. You're you're spending a lot of time with these guys in this documentary, so Whoa. it's like. Why's oh, Jer- this, this Jared- these. Like. Was
0: Jared Leto approaching me on the street? <laughs> don't stop! Why is he fat and bald?
1: Um. No, it, it really humanizes them. I think that's the coolest part about this. It's like, I've always looked at these guys as gods. Like I yeah. hope a documentary comes like comes out about this about like a, uh, um, odd future like Frank Ocean. Earl sweatshirt and Tyler making the Odd Future Volume Two tapes or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Like me, or I hope this happens with my beautiful darkest fantasy. I want to see oh, what it was dude, like was like in the studio. that be. I, I think it's like I imagine it'll come out someday. Like, I this came it's out. Footage. They talk about it in the. They talk about it in the documentary. You'll see. It's like, um, how are people going to remember us 50 years from now? They're talking about that in 1969. It's fucking nuts. Like, dude, this this album is coming out the year that my mom was born. It's, it's ridiculous. The like she was six months old when we were on this album and That's that kind of stuff. It's like, they are permanent. They are forever. I will, I'll give you my, I'll give you my four. So I've got Paul one um, lead singer songwriter. I think he's the most responsible for the, like, the majority of maybe not the majority of the work, but I don't think the Beatles work without Paul. I really gather that from he's got my a body opinion double? was solidified watching this documentary. And he's dead. No, definitely not. Uh, I got John too. Naturally um one of my best friends aaron fox his middle name is lennon so we've always had just like this shared compassion for the beatles and i'm sure john will be his number one um and i'll put george three and then ringo four because you'll watch this documentary and it's like john and paul writing songs and like i feel kind of bad for ringo because Ringo is just always sitting at the drum set like what do i play i don't know what to do here and he's just kind of just like figuring it out but he is seriously maybe one of the three or four best drummers all the time like he's ridiculous uh, but yeah, watch The Beatles Get Back. It is—it's awesome. It's on Disney Plus. I'll check it out. out. Watch Succession uh, on HBO Max, and then go see House of Gucci and theaters. It's a good theater movie. Do um, you have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think that's it.
1: That's right. got. It. All right. Well, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, Jack. I you love won't. you. I'm thankful you for too. you. I'm I'm happy we're listening to uh, Christmas music now. This is like my favorite time of the I'm year. Not- you a Christmas music guy? No,
0: really? Why not? Why not? No, don't. You don't like simply having a wonderful Christmas time? I like it. Like I like it. Like a week and a half out, it's still November. I don't need Christmas music.
1: It's gonna be December in two days.
0: Yeah, I mean, One day like, in front of this yeah, like December twenty first. Good time to start playing it. December twenty second. As late as the 24th, honestly. I'm not like throwing it out myself. Yeah, that's horseshit. No, no, but I like the stockings. I like the ornaments. I, like the I could not disagree more. But the music. We'll talk
1: about Christmas later. We'll talk about Christmas later. We'll do a Christmas episode. We don't have to talk about it right now if you don't want to. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Tune into all things Burbs, com. New website going up pretty soon. So yeah. Tomorrow, make sure to tap into that. Right now, one for Churning we're out articles um yeah we're pumped we're gonna have a whole podcast section on there you can read about the yeah. podcast and how jack and i come up with these such creative ideas um just at the heart of a beat so um we're also right. working we on
0: um some year-end like awards shows uh we've got you the know music one me and ralph are in charge of costumes so uh mm-hmm. stay and tuned. the movies and tv
1: one we're in charge yeah, of that we're
0: one. we're in charge of that one that's ours that's our baby that yeah. one's gonna be more problematic
1: all right, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Kevin Hart's
0: hosting oh. that one. All right, right bye all guys. right, all right.